Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. and get your notes out. Let's jump right into the message today. Remember, you have notes that you could grab when you walked in, or you can, again, tap that disc. Pretty much, we're going to say that a lot because it is an easy next step for you to take. But this morning, we are continuing and actually concluding a collection of talks that we've been in called Better Choices, Better Life. Better Choices, Better Life. Turn to the person on your right, give them a little elbow, and tell them, better choices. A little nice little elbow, wake them up. And then on the person on your left, give them a nice little elbow, tell them, better life. So you got a quick, better choices, better life. Better choices, better life. We're all saying it to each other, and now we believe it. So we've talked about how we are not led by our feelings or our emotions, but we are led by our choices. Realizing that the value and destiny of our life is always going to come back to our decisions. Here's the little line that maybe you want to write down today, is that I make my decisions, and my decisions make me. I make choices and then those choices make me. And I don't know anyone that ever woke up and is like, man, I can't wait to make some choices that are gonna destroy my life. I I don't know if I've ever met anyone that said, you know what, I can't wait to make some choices that in five years, I'm gonna be so unhealthy. Like, I just can't wait to get to this place where in five years, I just have shortness of breath and all this stuff because I'm just so unhealthy. I've never met anyone that's like, you know what? I can't wait to go bankrupt because of my choices, right? I don't know if anyone's ever said that. I don't know of anyone who wakes up and says, hey, I can't wait to make some choices that are gonna sabotage and break every relationship that I have in my life. That's my goal, that's my goal. It may feel like that way, but I I don't think anyone wakes up wanting that to happen, but how do we get there? It's because over those five years, those three years, those six months, we lose sight of the fact that, wait a minute, I actually have some ownership over my life. I actually am making these choices that are causing me to go this way and this way or this way. And I want you to know today that I believe God has given us instruction. He has helped us. And God is a God who wants to help you and wants to lift you up and wants to encourage you. So today's message, I believe, is going to be really freeing. You can tell I'm in a really good mood today because it's Vision Sunday. But also yesterday, my Florida State Seminoles pulled out an overtime win. Come on, somebody. Yeah, let's go. If you're not a Florida State Seminole fan, I will pray for you, and you will come aligned under the vision of the house when it comes to that. It's all right. Uh, but I also, God, keep me humble because I don't want you to, you know, smack dab next week. We mess up a little bit. But today is all about bringing freedom to you and helping you understand that this can happen in your life and that's you can overcome tempta- temptation. Today's message is overcoming temptation. You may ask what temptation is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you in a moment. But I want you to know that I really want you to lean into this first word, overcoming. In my, in my life right now and in culture today, I feel like there's such a celebration of victimhood, uh, of like, I'm just a victim of all these things that have happened to me. I'm a victim of these people, and I just live in that victimology the whole time, and I never really realize that I can actually get out of that. Can I encourage you today, as followers of Jesus, we do not identify with things that have made us a victim. We identify with the person who has given us victory, and that victory comes from Jesus. Come on, if you're thankful for that victory today, let's get a little excited about how God's going to encourage us. 
Here's what David says in Psalm 66. He says, our lives are in God's hands and he keeps our feet from stumbling. How does he do that though? It's because God has tested us. You have purified us like silver. Let me just tell you, God's gonna bring some tests into your life. Why? Because God cares about you and he wants to build the greatest person he can out of the life that he's given you. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life to the full. And that full only comes from testing. It's why in school we have tests. I was not the greatest test taker. I will, some of the worst choices I made in my life is I took the SAT twice, fell asleep during it both times. I mean, come on, when you get into those, like, this is this, I just, I just knocked me out, I just falling asleep, right? And the moderator coming like, hey, wake up, you got like five minutes left, and you just Christmas tree the rest of the thing, right? And so I was like, okay, the SAT is a little too long for me. Why don't, I take the, why don't I take the ACT? Half as long, should be able to stay awake. Uh-uh, fell asleep, ACT as well. Asleep, not good, drooling on the paper, drooling on the Scantron, right? Like that's just me, I gotta be honest with you. It's because I'm not a good test taker. Some of you are great test takers, and people like me are always frustrated with you because you're always messing up the curve, right? Just like miss a couple for us, right? Bring the curve down, because there's always that someone that's like, well, you know, there would have been a curve except for this one person that scored a perfect score. Come on, man, just miss a few. Let us get graded on the curve. We're not as smart as you, right? The thing is with God, he's always is bringing tests into our life. And he brings tests into our life, not so that we can say, hey, look at what I've scored. It's say, hey, I'm trying to make you into who I created you to be. And really how we walk through those tests comes down to this statement. It's understanding that when our values are clear, decisions are easier. You usually do better on a test if you study for it. Well, God's given us a way to study for this life. God's given us a way to study freedom and study courage, and study victory, and study that it all comes from a foundation, not in a what, but a who, and that who is Jesus. And I love what the, the disciple John says in his, in his later book, 1 John 4, 4, he says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You've already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you, get this today, is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. If you forget everything else I've said today, remember this, that the spirit that lives in you is greater than anything that you may come in contact with with the world outside. The Holy Spirit is stronger, bigger, greater, has never met an issue that he cannot solve, has met never a problem that he cowers to, but come on, he lives in you today and he is greater. I love that, it's huge. And here's where we're going today as we unpack the message and pray is that when it comes to my decisions of overcoming temptation and better choices, better life, it's realizing that my decisions won't be based on what I feel in the moment, but on who I wanna be for the rest of my life. My encouragement to you today is who do you wanna be? Better father, better mother, better husband, better wife, more trusted follower of Jesus. If that's who you wanna be, then every decision comes from that. Not about our emotions, not about what feels good or what feels bad or what comes easy, but the end goal of who do I wanna be? Would you pray with me today as we unpack this? Father, so thankful again for a great day in your house. Be with us in this room as we open your word, as we write some things down. We pray, God, that we would walk out of this room different as overcomers today and not victims. And God, I pray today you'd be with all of our kids and local city kids and all of our preschoolers and elementary schoolers and babies. God, I pray that you would just wrap them in your arms. Let them know how much you love them. Be with our team today as they disciple our next generation. Lord, we love you and we give you our best. We listen, 
We lean in, we open our hearts and our ears to you right now. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Local City, do me a favor. Let's welcome everybody watching for Local City Church Online. Come on, so glad you're with us today. Woo! Whether you're watching in person or we're watching all right now or during the week, we're glad you're with us. You're a part of the family. Come hang out with us, though, on a Sunday soon. Well, I, I got to tell you, I've, we've had a really uh, exciting change in our household, in the Miller household. Um, we've beginning, we, on Friday nights, we've moved to making Friday nights family board game night, which has been really fun. Um, Adrienne is very funny because she's told our boys, who, who keep in mind are five and one, and the one-year-old can't really play with the board games. He just chews on whatever pieces we're not using. Um, but Shepard, our five-year-old, he always, my, like my, my wife, Adrienne, always tells him, hey, just so you know, daddy's really competitive, and he's not going to let you win. Like, and I'm like, yeah, that's true. God teach him young. God start him young, right? And so I get it. But I can tell in her voice, she's like, yeah, it's a little weakness. We're praying for daddy that he realizes that you, he can let you win. But I'm like, oh, you know, he's got to learn. He's an overcomer, right? He's got to find that victory himself. It's not just going to come easy. You may say, that's really harsh. Well, I'm working on it. I'm getting better, right? But here's the thing. We just bought a game uh, yesterday uh, that, we've been, that we played like all day, and it's called Don't Break the Ice. Some of you ever seen this game? It's a game for kids, and it's got this little tabletop that you set up, and you put all these little plastic ice cubes on it. You shove them in there, and then you have two little hammers. You have a little penguin that sits on top of the ice table, and pretty much each person takes a, takes a, a turn taking their little plastic hammer and hammering down the little ice cube. And whoever knocks the ice cube down and, it, and the penguin falls, you lose, right? And so I've been playing this with Shepard, and I know it's a game that I'm probably always going to win. Because here's why. When it comes to temptation, Shepard just wants to hit every single ice cube that he sees. There's no strategy involved. He's just like, there's an ice cube, bang, 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 bang. Doesn't matter if I know, as someone who knows a little bit about science, looks at it and says, um, I know that's what, that one is holding up the penguin, so that one is definitely going to fall. Woohoo! daddy's going to win in just a few moments here, right? <laughs> and so the thing is, he's tempted because about the thing that he sees that he can do right away with his little hammer, because he's not allowed to hit things, you know? He has already kind of knocked his brother in the head with a hammer a couple times, but it's all right. But the thing is, he's so tempted. I can, I can just do this and not thinking, well, it's not just about thinking about what you can do in this moment. It's about thinking about what are the consequences going to be. It's not just about I have this hammer, bang, bang, bang on this ice cube, but wait a minute, you got to think twice because what if that one causes everything to fall? For us, we're like, I'm an adult. I can make my own decisions. I don't need God. I don't need anybody else. And you're banging on ice cubes that are about to make your whole life crumble. Don't break the ice. Overcome temptation today. See, what is temptation? Write this down for me. It is the enticement to engage in sin. I just want to let you know that local city is not a place that shies away from saying that sin is a real thing. just want to let you know that. There is clear lines of what God has defined as right and wrong. The Bible tells us in Romans that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And what is the punishment for that? Death <laughs> and unforgiveness because we are realizing that we have messed up. And if we want to take on that on our own, God's like, okay, but I've made a way out for you. See, the thing is, sin is a real thing. And there's also a real person known as the enemy who wants to destroy our life. I quoted John 10.10 10 earlier to you. What does the beginning of that verse say? The thief, the enemy, comes only to kill and destroy but I've come to give you life and life to the full. Can I just let you know that there is an enemy out there called the devil that wants to destroy you. And he's constantly trying to entice you to engage in sin, to move from just being tempted to actually do the thing. 
And the importance for us is, I believe in culture today, there is this watered-down treatment of this word sin. There's this concept that people are trying to say, hey, if it makes you feel good, or if it's just what naturally comes to you, that's fine for you. Wouldn't God want you happy? No. God does not want you happy. God wants you holy. And out of that holiness, happiness will come. But in the beginning, you have to realize that sometimes I want the things that are not good for me. Sometimes I want the things that separate me from God. In James chapter 1, 13 through 14, James knew this. He says, and remember, when you are being tempted, it's going to happen. Do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from what? Our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Two steps. Entice you. Your way is better and then it drags you away. What's the first thing that the enemy tempts humanity with? Did God really say that was wrong? If you don't know anything about the beginning of the world, God created Adam and Eve and placed them in paradise. And he said, you can do whatever you want except one thing. That's eat from this tree of knowledge of good and evil. And very quickly, the enemy, because he sees the fact that God loves his creation and loves his kids, wants to destroy that. And he steps into the world and steps into Eve's life and says, hey, did God really say that was wrong? He only doesn't want you to do that because he doesn't want you to be like him. It'd be better if you just did that. She eats the fruit, so does Adam, and here we are many, many years later still dealing with that fall. I want you to know today is that the enemy's doing that to you every day. Did God really say this? Did God really say that? Can you really trust God? Can you really believe his word? I want you to know today that, man, it happens all the time. And you've got to realize that it's going to entice you and eventually it will drag you away. But I love for the fact that, again, Jesus keeps us on guard because he knows these temptations. He knows these tests are going to come. In Matthew 26, verse 41, here's what he says. He says, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Underline this. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Turn to the person on your right. Tell them, hey, your spirit's will- willing. Let them know. Come on. We can say it, everybody. Turn to the person on your right. Tell them, hey, your spirit's willing. Turn to the person on your left, tell them, hey, but your body's weak. You're weak. (laughs) Just like, like, tell them, plead with them. You're weak. You need what this guy's talking about today, all right? You need it because you're weak. Now, don't say too much, but just really get it and let them know. Like, they're weak. You're weak. I'm weak. I'm willing, but I'm weak. What happens in this whole story is that the disciples have told Jesus over and over again, we're with you, Jesus. We're never going to leave you. We're here till the end. And Jesus is going through one of the most traumatic tests. Jesus is going through a test in this mo- right before this moment where the enemy is tempting him and testing him to not do what he had been destined to do, which is what? To give his life for you and me, to drink the cup of wrath of sin and unforgiveness and evil so that we could be forgiven and set free. See, the whole thing about the, the, Jesus' death on the cross wasn't so much the physical pain, but the spiritual pain. Because not only was he beaten and whipped and nailed to a cross, he also took on every single sin I have or will ever commit on himself, as if he did it. Scripture says, he became sin who knew no sin, so that I could become the righteousness of God. And I'm thankful for that every day. The thing is, I've got to realize that sin is a real thing, and I've got to realize that Jesus is being tested in this moment. And he says to the disciples, hey, I'm going through something really difficult, and it's really hard, and I just need you to stay up and pray with me. 
It's like the middle of the night, Jesus is in the garden praying. And he goes off by himself to pray, and he comes back, and the disciples, man, they are lifting up a holy shout of prayer. They are praying for their friend Jesus. They are praying for their Savior. No, they're sleeping. In in Jesus' deepest moment of need, his disciples couldn't even stay awake. And in our life, and I love what Jesus says. He says, hey, thanks for nothing. That's not what he says at all. He says, I need to teach you something. This is always going to happen. And it's going to get way harder than just the temptation to fall asleep. You need to keep watch and pray so you'll not give in to this because you're weak. The Holy Spirit wants to do it, but you're weak. Would you know that the disciples, all of those disciples that couldn't even stay awake, when they really began to realize they could overcome this temptation, all of them didn't give in to the temptation of even caring for their own lives. They all died for the name of Jesus. They all died for spreading the gospel so that we could do what we're doing today. So why be ready? Why keep watch? I'm going to give you two reasons. Number one is because the devil's coming for you, man. The devil does not like you. Turn to someone around you say, watch out. The devil's coming for you. And mean it. There we go. Okay, now we're ready. Now we're getting it. I'm telling you, man, he is coming for you. He hates you. Because he was, everything that he had was taken away from him because of his pride and his own choices. And so he wants to rob it from you. He's coming for you. And if he's not, chances are two things are happening. Number one, you haven't stepped into a relationship with Jesus yet. Or the one I would be afraid of is that your life is so much about you and not about Jesus that you're not a threat to him at all, so he doesn't need to come for you. So if, you, if you're like, oh, I, okay. If you're like, I'm not feeling attacked, it's probably because we're not doing anything worth attack. The thing is, it's what it's about. You can't ever overcome something because we're not willing to engage in the battle that's going on. But once you do, whoo, watch out, he's coming for you. He knows the addictions that you struggle with. He knows the past that you think has labeled you. He knows the relationships that you so badly want that he can use to manipulate you and poison you. He's coming for you. That's why you cannot follow and love Jesus without the church. You cannot do it. Because we all know together the devil's coming for us. But when we come together on Sunday, we realize, wait a minute, I don't care if he's coming for me, because who reigns above it all? Jesus. Who conquered sin and death? Jesus. Who do I have victory in today? Jesus. So come on, devil, because you're not just coming after me. You're coming after everybody, and guess what? We can defeat you, not because of our own strength, but because of Jesus. That's why what I'm about to tell you is not an announcement. It's an invitation to be a part of the community of what God is doing here at Local City. It's the party with the pastor idea that's happened today, right after service. It's your next step. Not just to come and say, oh, cool, I'm doing the things. No, because you need to know the devil's coming for you, and you will never find victory alone. You need the body. You need us. I need you. You need me. We need each other. Because when we come together in worship, there's just something so powerful about it. There's an intensity to Sundays, right? There's an intensity to the house of God. Listen, there's no substitute for those by-yourself prayer closet alone time moments. You got to do that. The first 15 is essential. But I'm telling you, it is no replacement for that time where we come together as a community and party and celebrate that, yeah, the enemy was after me all week, but today is God's day, and I'm living from this Sunday. I'm living from worshiping with my brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing that Jesus Jesus reigns above it all. Jesus has defeated the enemy, and I have victory in him today. Come on, somebody. I need you to be a little bit more confident and excited about that. 
devil's coming for you, watch out. Number two is, you are not as strong as you think. Turn to the person next to you, give him a little serious face, tell him, hey, you're not as strong as you think. I've got to tell you, everybody, this is, just, this is for me just as much, you're not as strong as you think. There's a, a thing that sociologists and psychiatrists have discovered that called restraint bias. We believe we have a bias that we can restrain ourselves more than we actually can. It's that whole idea of, oh, yeah, I can keep, I can keep the cookies in the house, but I'll never open the pantry and eat them. Wrong. Like, that ain't true. It's the restraint bias of, oh, I can watch. Now, again, I'm not a legalist pastor, but I am about you realizing God wants you holy. I can watch that movie or listen to that music with this content. It won't affect me. I don't care how old you are. Those things will affect you. What you listen to affects you. What you put in front of your eyes affects you. So we have to realize that, wait a minute, I need to realize that I think I'm stronger than I actually am. I'm weak. Spirit's willing, but I'm not as strong as I think. And so what do you need? You need people around you that you can simply break down with and be weak with. And then you can be encouraged together. That's why today is your second chance to sign up for a circle. Today is Circle Sunday where you can realize you're not as strong as you think. You can't do this life alone. You need other people. That's what I love about the church is that we have the big crowd on Sundays, but during the week we get in little circles and we say, hey, here's what I'm going through. I need you. Man, shameless plug, my Bible study on Tuesday mornings, my men's Bible study, 6.30 a.m. It's powerful. Man, we had just tears all around the table. But I'm telling you, when there's tears, there's tears around the table, there's triumph in the testimony. And I just made that up, so that's super good. <laughs> like, like, when there's tears around the table, there, there's triumph in the testimony. So you're so afraid to get around and cry and so. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, thank you. Some of us were so afraid to be weak in front of people that we're robbing ourselves of the supernatural strength that only comes from that. What does, God, what does, what does Paul say? It's in my weakness that God's made strong. And some of us, our posture in our life is so much like, I can do this, that we never allow God Okay, sure. We never say, I, I know I can't do this, God, I need you. And you're robbing yourself of some of the most powerful strength that you can step into. Because here's the idea, we're all going to be tempted. So I, love what, I love what Billy Graham says about this. He says, temptation is the devil looking through the keyhole. When you yield to it, it's now opening the door and inviting him in. You have, you have choices about the second part. The devil's coming for you. You're not as strong as you think, and he's looking into your life. Man, how can I get them? What's the key? And sometimes instead of letting go, we invite, we invite him right into our house. We invite the thief right into our house to come kill and destroy. Imagine this. Imagine I told you, hey, guess what? This Wednesday night at midnight, someone's coming to your house, and they are going to rob you blind, and they are going to hurt your family. They're coming midnight, Wednesday. You would probably say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go to sleep as normal. I'm just going, oh, you know, that's going to be fine. No, you would be up, you'd be ready, you'd be prepared. You would say, uh-uh, doors are locked. If you got to carry, you're carrying, you're ready to go. Like you're waiting, yeah, see, you're, you're waiting for them. And I'm telling you, local city, the enemy is coming to rob you and hurt you and your family every single day. Lock the doors, be on guard, get in the word, plant yourself in God's house, and realize I'm not opening the door and let him in. All right. Last, let me give you the three keys today. These are the important things. Number one, three keys to fighting temptation. Number one is move the line. Got a piece of tape here. 
And so a lot of us, we think about temptation, we think about sin as like we've put a line down on the ground. Like we're saying, okay, here's the line. And as humans, we're like, okay, how close can I get to the line and not sin? I was a youth pastor for a long time. I cannot tell you how many times I had a conversation with a, with a boy and girl who were dating in my youth group that said, well, Ryan, Pastor Ryan, where's the line? I would tell them, and I'll tell you today, that question tells me all I need to know about where you're at. Because if your thought is, how close can I get to the line without actually sinning, you don't really care about the holiness that God's called you to. For us, God willing to say, okay, well, there's the line, so you know what? I'm going to make my line, like, <laughs> way over here. I'm like, I'm going to be standing over here and not even get close to that. Because here's the thing. You, would li- you wouldn't operate like that in any other area of your life. Imagine you're on a plane, and the pilot pops up, and he says, hey, you know what? I'm really going to test the line today of how, mu- how low fuel I can fly on. Like, I want to see if we can get over these mountains and across this water with just like the minimal amount of fuel. I'm going to get right up to the line. You're like, I'm getting off. Like, I'm not doing that. But we do that in our spiritual life. I'm going to see how far I can go. No, line's way over there now. You know why? Because I'm putting distance between me and temptation. Just put distance in between you and what tempts you. Don't keep your phone on your nightstand. Don't watch or listen to those things that mess with your mind. Don't constantly seek for that relationship with that other person for the physicality of it. Wait for God. Be patient. Move the line. When it comes to impulse buying, man, give someone else your password on Amazon so you can't even buy it without asking them for the password. Just do something to move the line. I love what it says in Psalm 16:6. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. What is David saying? Man, I'm so glad about these boundaries. Woohoo! I love it. It's why when you're driving on the interstate, there's a giant cement barrier in the middle. Because you, if, I want that to be there. Because I don't want anyone coming into my lane and I don't want to go into anyone's lane because I know that'll end up in death. Just put distance now. Move the line. Some of us, we need to actually take some inventory today of saying, hey, what, you know what? Where have I compromised on the line? Where have I been standing here? And I actually need to get way over there now. And my line's over here. Second thing is, the second key is to magnify the cost. There's a cost to sin, I just got to tell you. It will cost you. I've been there. seen it happen in my life. Things that I'm, I know I'm forgiven and freed of, but I'm still dealing with some of the cost. And I know now, as a husband, as a father, and as a pastor, if I mess up, the cost is great. So when you magnify the cost, you realize this. What if the worst-case scenario comes true? I'm telling you, that keeps me in check all the time. In Numbers 32, 23, it says, and you may be sure that your sin will find you out. Remember, I was in New York one time, we were walking through, it was like one of my first times there, and we saw this really like pretty neon cross from a distance. We were like, oh man, that looks really pretty. We, we could tell that it said something, but we couldn't really tell what it said. We we're like, man, let's go see. It looks like it's really pretty, man, right in the city. This is awesome. Let's go see what it says. And we get closer, and here's what it says. Sin will find you out. Oh man, that stops you right there. Wait, what? And when you realize this, you realize, oh, that's the whole reason the cross was even needed. It's because that sin will find you out. Listen, I know this is a heavier, hard message, but man, if we're not willing to talk about these things, I mean, 
we're not willing to really go to the depths of full life that Jesus has for us. Sin's going to find you out. The worst case could come true. And I'm not saying that to scare you, but I am saying it to, make, to take, have you take it seriously, is that there is an enemy who's trying to destroy you, and your sin will eat you from the inside out. And the worst case scenario will be hard. I think about friends that I've known or people in my circle that have not magnified the cost and have lost everything because it takes five minutes of sin to erode an entire lifetime of following Jesus. It takes five minutes of opening that door and let the enemy in to cost you everything that you've worked so hard to build. And, and listen, this isn't about like, what about those people? They sin and they're fine. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about us, I'm talking about you. I'm not, gonna, I'm not on the hook for their choices. I'm on the hook for mine. And so the reason is I gotta, I gotta move the line. I gotta magnify the cost. And the last one is I gotta plan my escape. I gotta plan my escape. You gotta realize that when these things are happening, I'm just getting out of there as quick as I can. I think about, I'm a big escape room guy. I like those a lot, they're super fun. They're really stressful. <laughs> They'll teach you about your friendships and about people really quick. Uh, because if you're competitive like me and you wanna get out, some of you are like, I'll go and I'll just have fun if we don't get out, great. I'm like, no man, we gotta get out, we gotta save the world. We gotta get out of this room, we're gonna die, right? And so when I go with people, again, just as like I'm very selective about who I watch Florida State games with, I'm very selective about who I do escape rooms with because you got to know who you're dealing with, right? And so as soon as that timer starts, like I'm paying attention. If you've never done one, they're super fun. Maybe don't do one with me the first time because like I said, I'm, like, I'm weak, I'm competitive. But you listen to the story about the escape room and then you just got to get working. And so what we have found out, we're in these real difficult escape rooms. It's like everyone's got a job. You gotta go find the clues and you gather them all together. You go find objects that may be used. You go, you go work on this puzzle and everyone has their plan. They're doing their job. And if we start to get confused and get messed up, then the time begins to click and we're not doing what we're supposed to. We're all doing our own thing. Except we've forgotten the plan of escape and we get lost and confused and we get trapped in that darn escape room forever, never getting out. In our life, we gotta realize that there is a strategy to escape. That scripture says that you will never be tempted to a place where you don't know how to get out. Like God's given you a way out. And the, the, my fear is, is that we use our feelings to just give in rather than using our faith to escape. What's it say? Don't use, and write this down for me, don't use your disappointment to justify your disobedience. It's so easy to say, well, God has not been showing up in my life, so I'm just going to do this. God, how long am I going to wait for you to bring that relationship into my life? I'm just going to go find it on my own. God, I'm so, I'm so disappointed that I lost all this money or all this stuff or these bills or, what, or these costs. That I didn't know were going to come, so I'm just going to turn my back on you. Stop trusting you. Stop giving. God, I'm so mad that this happened or I didn't get this promotion or I didn't get this opportunity, so I'm, I'm not giving you another chance. See, the thing is, I want you to know the escape is not a plan. It's actually a person. And in Hebrews 2.18, it says, since the person Jesus, he himself, has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. I love the, the idea of this telescope of Galileo being like, hey, I don't want to look here. I want to look up. I want to look heavenward. Because I think that's where my help comes from. I think that's where the answer is. I think that's where the exploration is. Can I encourage you to explore the fact that the person of Jesus will help you overcome temptation? 
will help you overcome some of the things that you're dealing with and will help you live out that verse where Paul tells us we are more than conquerors. He is able to help. You don't know, well, you don't know what what I'm dealing with. You don't know the addiction or anxiety. You don't know the path that I've had. You're right, I don't. But I know the person that you can turn to and he is able to help you in a moment. He can bring victory to you in an instant because that's how good he is. Here's my question for you today as we close. Why would I resist a temptation in the future if I have the power in Jesus to eliminate it today? You're gonna be tempted, the devil's gonna come for you, but why not today move the line? Why not today magnify the cost? Why not today understand the escape plan of calling on the name of Jesus and begin to walk not as a victim, not as an excuse maker, not as someone that's constantly disappointed and does whatever they want, but as someone who walks in the victory of Jesus, knowing no matter what comes my way, I can overcome this, not because of my own strength, but because of Jesus. I need you to understand today, local city, local city, life is hard. You'll be tempted. The enemy wants to destroy you. But every moment of my life, when I feel like giving up, when I feel like giving in, I remember John 10, 10, that the thief has come to kill me and destroy me. But I don't believe in him. I believe and trust Jesus who has come to give me life and life to the full. So I will not not settle for walking through this life as a victim. I will walk through life as the victory that Jesus has given me as more than a conqueror. May our church on Vision Sunday be a church that walks through the through their workplaces, through their family, through their friends with victory knowing that, hey, the enemy has tried to destroy your life, but I'm here to tell you, you don't have to walk in that destruction anymore. You can be free today when you call on the name of Jesus. He'll bring you forgiveness, freedom, and strength in this moment. Come on, if you're thankful for Jesus, stand to your feet today. Give him a shout of thankfulness and praise. Come on, we're thankful thankful for the victory in him today. Here's what I want for you. I'm going to invite the prayer team up. I would encourage you to not leave without getting prayed for. Why would you not get prayed for and have someone stand with you? They'll be at the tables here on my left and right. But here's what I want. There's going to be a prayer up on the screen today that we're going to close with. Don't throw it up there yet because people are going to start reading it. They're not going to listen to me. what I want, I want you to realize today, I, I want to give this to you. If you want to take a picture of it with your phone when we're saying it, but what I want to do is really, if you're dealing with some temptation that no one knows about, or you're dealing with a temptation in your life, whatever it may be, whether it's relational stress, whether you've, you know, you've started stepping into some things that you know you shouldn't have with past addictions, men, if we're looking at things we shouldn't be looking at, if we want to step into a little bit more of a purity approach with our life, I just believe this, this prayer is, is a tool for you. And I believe it's something that you can pray in your moments of temptation. But what we're going to do today is you're saying, you know, you know I'm dealing with something, Ryan, and, and I, I, I want to overcome it today. I want to take a step. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I want to step into freedom. I would ask you to just pray this prayer with me today. I'm going to read it, and if, if you're feeling like, hey, I need to say this with you, just say it with me in a whisper to, in your chair or out loud or however you want. But you say, you know what, there's some temptation in my life that I don't want to deal with anymore. I want to finally overcome it. I want to put a period to it. Would you stretch out your hands with me? Let's read this prayer today. Let's pray this. Heavenly Father, we recognize our vulnerability to temptation and our need for your guidance and strength. We thank you for your word, which provides us with wisdom and direction in the face of life's challenges. Help us, Lord, to be aware of the dangers and consequences of falling into sin. Grant us the discernment to recognize the enemy's schemes and to rely on your promises in times of temptation. 
Father, empower us to resist sin and overcome temptation by walking in the Spirit and focusing on what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Equip us with the full armor of God so we can stand strong against the devil's schemes. We pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us and strengthen us in our walk with you. Help us to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus Christ so we may grow in our faith and experience the victory that you have won for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, come on. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.